0: try to play but you're never gonna be me look the other way what i'm doing ain't easy, what is going on it is drew code sports ta- talk oh excuse me words are hard <laughs> yeah i'm already slurring my words guys uh, and i am your host andrew Wright, or as you can call me uh future predictor over here uh, predicting that uh, it was going to be the celtics and warriors in the uh, nba finals and then predicting that the warriors were going to win the nba finals and as cody you and i just watched 30 minutes ago they they ended up winning i mean uh, it's it's amazing but anyway we'll get into that in a second uh but over in clovis california is my co-host
1: cody johnson cody What's going on, everybody? Yes, Andrew Wright. His last name is an omen to his predicting. Uh, He was right on this one. So he's going to be extremely obnoxious tonight, folks. So just... Fair warning, but welcome to the show. We hope you guys enjoy it. Obviously, we have some recaps of the finals, and we have uh, the NFC South. will be record predicting, so stay tuned, you guys. You're not going to want to miss that. And we're going to hit this intro and get started. So, change the world, change times, rearrange them. Staying on pace, running the race.
0: Life is a chase. I don't want a place. I want to be first. Work till it hurts. Dehydrated thirst till I'm in the hearse. All high ambitions in the right mind can take you so far. It's like you lived a few lifetimes. All right, coach. Cool. Cody, well um god i was right i mean it's it's just phenomenal <laughs> it's, yeah let's just I can't get ahead. over it man do you want yeah, to take a I'm, lap or what do you want I, to do i would love to take a lap <laughs> i would love to take a lap right now um no i thank you guys for joining us so much um so happy to be here of course it's a lot easier to be on here cody when you're right about about picking the nba finals uh the teams and the winner oh i mean i should have just went after uh mvp too i mean geez i would have just been what three for three on that anyway i'd be batting a thousand guys you should go buy a lottery ticket and test your luck <laughs> yeah no okay, all right let's not go too far anyway um it's rigged come on now yeah um but uh no i i really am very happy to be here um You know, hey, two weeks in a row. (laughs) Sometimes that feels a little rare. Anyway. You're um, you're putting
1: together a streak.
0: Yeah, there we go. (laughs) Uh, This is an exciting episode. Obviously, we get to talk about the NBA Finals, Cody. Uh, We're going to have our MLB Power Rankings. Hopefully, I get to talk a little bit more about my Power Rankings, but we'll see. Um, And then um, we have the NFC South uh, predictions, uh, where we have already made it from uh, AFC North and, uh, NFC North. And then, uh, now we're starting into the NFC South. So it's all really exciting, man. Uh, really loving this show. I'm already super stoked for it. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just so much
1: going on today, but Cody, before we get into all that, how are you doing, man? Doing pretty well, dude. It's been a productive week and it's almost over. I'll be seeing you in about 48 hours for your son's party. And then, uh, you know, we get to celebrate Father's Day, not together, but I'm sure we will get to do something or the family's going to try to do something to celebrate us. But mm-hmm. other than that, man, just gearing up for an in, in NFL, excuse me, I can't get words out tonight, <laughs> uh, for the NFL League going on. And then we have some pretty exciting news that we're going to be announcing pretty shortly about uh, an episode coming up in a few weeks. So pretty excited about that. And yes, a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes, which is great yeah
0: yeah everything's looking good for true code and and uh i love um talking with other podcasts i love um trying to connect with them and uh mm-hmm. this is going to be one of the first ones obviously we're going to talk about it later so i'm not going to go in depth but it's one of the first ones that we're actually going to be able to um you know talk to so yeah uh, this is really exciting uh really really um well, you know what? I'll just say it. I'll, I'll give a shout-out to uh, From the Backseat a Sports Podcast. Uh, they have invited us on their show, and we have also invited them onto our show. So very soon we are going to have uh, some episodes with them, and I'm very excited because uh, both of their favorite teams, Cody, as I think you had told me, um, are complete rivals to our team. So yeah. that'll be fun. Yeah, So uh, <laughs> so
1: – Ethan, who's essentially the moderator of the host, his teams are the LA Chargers and I think he's a Padres fan. Clark is a fan of the Padres as well, and he's also a Cincinnati Bengals fan. So very, very excited and uh very, very, very cool guys. So I've been we've been able to correspond with them and we're pretty pumped about it. And they gave yeah. us a shout out last week on their show. So we yeah. were very gracious about that. And You know, we're really excited to do an episode with them and collaborate. You know, fingers crossed it goes really well to where we can keep doing it because we would love to expand this to more people to be able to to interact with. And it's really exciting. So
0: absolutely. So uh big shout out to them.
1: Uh thank you guys for shouting this out and thank you for
0: inviting us. And we're we're super excited I can't tell you how excited Cody and I are to have you guys uh we're I've already thought of like five different questions and uh, I just need to like write them down and you know do some in depth look at them, but other than that, I, I'm excited. So yeah. I'm all ready for it. Yeah, um, same, and I, and I get to talk a little bit more about baseball, and who doesn't love that? <laughs> anyway, yeah. um, so Cody, let's let's start getting into this. Um, so the Warriors win; they are the NBA champions, uh, 2022 NBA Finals champions. So congratulations to the Golden State Warriors. Um, you know, I think during the regular season, it wasn't I don't think it was completely inconceivable, but I think majority of everyone was saying it's going to be the Suns. It's going to be the Suns. It's going to be the Suns. Right. Um, and um, I think for majority of the year. I think it was safe to say, you know, it kind of looked like it was going to be the suns in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I usually don't like to take the number one seed. I hate doing that because it never usually ends up being one and one. It's mm-hmm. usually like, if there is a number one seed, the other team is like the number three or four or whatever, you know, it's just, it never right. works out like that. Even like in uh college, uh, the college tournament. So it's always like that. There's never, you know, the, the, top final four teams are never uh, all number one seeds. It just never works out that way. So, you know, I, I thought, you know, out of the number one seeds, which I believe was Boston at the time and Golden State when I was thinking about it, Mm-hmm. I I never thought that Boston was gonna. I thought they were the more unlikely team because they are so young. Right. And Cody, I, I I'm gonna start there first. I'm gonna start with the negative, and I think we should end with the positive, because I think we're gonna have a few more talking points on the positive. So, um, I hope I don't mix it up on you. So I am sorry in advance, but I do want to bring this up. Um, so the Celtics lost, and mm-hmm. you and I were texting. This was, and this is not on our notes. This is kind of. Off the cuff here, Cody. You and I were texting. Jason Tatum was not having a good game. Um, He completely shut down. Jalen Brown was kind of the guy who stepped up. Mm -hmm. And it was a little disheartening, um, at least for me. Um, I really like Jason Tatum. I don't think he's bad. Um, I think he is still very young. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he is tired. But I also do feel like he just—he's never had to come out of his shell and be the man. Like he's always had the crutch of Jalen Brown. Sure. So I wanted to start with this, Cody. I think this this may be overreaction. You know, an hour away, hour past the uh, actual game. But Mm -hmm. should the Celtics make a change for next year? Or do you think they should keep this team and
1: continue to ride with this team? I would keep this team intact as much as possible for a defensive purpose, but I would go out and I would find maybe, uh, you know, a floor general type of point guard that has, is not afraid to, uh, score the basket, not afraid to be there defensively. Um, You know, I think that's what they were missing. Marcus Smart is a fantastic defensive player, but he's not a floor general. He's not someone that's like a Draymond Green-esque where he knows where everyone is supposed to be and knows everyone's assignments and kind of gets the ball rolling. You know, one of the things about Jason Tatum I think that was difficult is, you know, when he would get the ball on the three and he's going to shoot, his release is kind of his his, um, reloading of the ball – to shoot is so long that it gives the defender an opportunity to close in on that space. And I think some of the things that Jason Tatum will have to work on is a quicker release, maybe just when he gets the ball, just getting it up faster. Um, Jalen yeah. Brown, I think is somebody who they might want to look at being, you know, a focal point, And maybe you make Tatum the ball handler primarily because Tatum with the ball and he's a distributor, very good at that. <laughs> maybe you mm-hmm. take the pressure off of him and to be the primary scorer. But, um, for defensive purposes, that this is what got them here is their defense. So I would keep that as much intact as possible. Re-sign Horford. Do what you can to bring back Smart. Um, you know Grant Williams, uh, Robert Williams for sure needs to come back. Don't let him walk out the door. He is an anchor in your in in your center position. But I would say that they do need some sort of third option or a like I mentioned a floor general type that's going to help get them organized, get them under control. Because that's what the Warriors had. They had somebody that was under control and settled them down. Boston, once they got the turnover bug, they just couldn't kick it. And they made some small runs, but they were still shooting themselves in the foot when it came to turnovers. I mean, yeah, you know, I think they committed something like 23 or 24 turnovers in this game, and they're 1-7 if they commit more than 15 turnovers in a game. And clearly that's what majority of their problem was, a turnover bug. And I think that is because they don't have somebody that's you know that type of floor general, the one that can get them organized. So that's what I would do if I were them for the off season. Yeah, you're you're right. Uh,
0: Boston had 23 turnovers, and the Golden State Warriors had 27 points off of 20 uh, off of turnovers. So you know, there's a stat right there. I mean, they're mm-hmm. <laughs> they're getting more points than you're turning the ball over. So which means they're converting literally uh, more than. Uh, everything that you're giving up. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah. that's not a recipe for success. No. Um, uh, listen, uh, I like the Celtics team. I do. I think the Celtics team um, defied all odds. They they shouldn't, in my opinion, they shouldn't have been here with what they have. I mean, yes, Jason Tatum is phenomenal. Jalen Brown is really good. Um, but Al Horford... Uh, Marcus Smart, I mean, Robert Williams. I mean, if you would have gone into the season like that, like the Celtics did, mm-hmm. you would kind of be like, um, okay, where, where are they getting into the playoffs? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I guess the East is that weak, so you could probably make that assumption that they're at least going to get in. But I don't think a lot of people thought, first of all, they were going to have the best record in, in basketball at one point. And also, I don't think people thought that this team could get in right. to the playoffs, let alone the NBA Finals. So I like this team. I think you need to give up something. And mm. you brought up a good point that um, maybe Jalen Brown shouldn't be the one to, to have the ball in his hands. Um, and, and that's a good point because Jalen Brown, for all intents and purposes, is one of the worst ball handlers I've ever seen um uh, a borderline superstar b i mean he had five turnovers i know that doesn't seem like much but it just felt like every time he tried to drive he lost the handle He was one of the worst ball handlers in the the nba and it's really weird because he's so good Mm -hmm. at, at at scoring the ball at driving to the bucket making these shots i mean we saw today he had 34 points he was the go-to guy for boston Mm -hmm. and unfortunately um you know it just wasn't enough and i do feel like jason tatum really really didn't do well um i feel like jason tatum just was very timid in trying to do everything so for me I think they do need to make a change, and I honestly, even though I'm giving a lot of praise to Jalen Brown, I do think that you should get rid of Jalen Brown. I do think Jason Tatum is a better overall player than Jalen Brown. Uh Um, I would say Brown is probably the better defender, Um, and obviously he's the one who stepped up in a a big game six, Mm -hmm. but... I think Jason Tatum is the way to go. And the reason I say that is he is a guy, like you said, he can distribute the ball. He can rebound. He can score the bucket. He can get to the rack. Um, You know, and he doesn't, it doesn't seem like he turns the ball over as much as Jalen Brown. It just seems like Brown turns it over probably more than, than I probably less than I think, but it it just seems like almost every time he was trying to drive to the hoop, he -hmm. was giving up the ball. Um, and at some point it felt like that with Horford too, it kept swatting the ball away from him, which was just kind of funny. Um, but I, I think the Celtics would be good to trade away Jalen Brown, um, maybe get a bigger name or just get some more role guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they've, they've proven that they can do well, uh, with homegrown talent. They can do well with, um, you know, th- with the draft. So, I think maybe getting some assets there, like you said, maybe get a true point guard, mm-hmm. uh, maybe get a younger big man. I mean, yeah, you got Robert Williams, who's phenomenal. But mm-hmm. get a get a big man who can shoot and play defense and actually can move, unlike Al Horford. So uh, for me, I, I, I think they need to make a move. Um, I think, yes, this team is good enough. Mm-hmm. But are they good enough to win an NBA Finals? I don't think so. I think they got lucky to play. Um, the Warriors, because I think the Warriors just have no big men. Like Mm -hmm. Wiseman was virtually unplayable. They couldn't play Kaminga. And the reason is, is these guys are very young. They haven't had the experience and you can't trust them right now. And Mm -hmm. so I feel like if you're the Celtics, you're like, well, we're kind of in the same boat. We just have big men. So if we add another shooter, we add, um, you know, a, a guy who can maybe defend a little bit more, um, who can move the ball who could be a, a good number three i think then then you have something but right now currently their number three target is marcus smart and you're not going to win like that marcus smart is way too inconsistent um and i think it's just time to make a move i think i think the boston celtics have proven that tatum and brown aren't the best duo because when they're both on the floor together it's either mm-hmm. tatum is taking control of the offense or brown and i feel like that's what they went with and i feel like and you and I were talking about it too. He only had like what two points in the second half, mm-hmm. Jason Tatum. So they obviously were like, "Just give it to Jalen Brown." And what does that do to a guy like Jason Tatum, who's still under twenty five years old, and um, you're not giving him the ball, and you're he's supposedly your superstar. So right. for me, I think you got to make a change. And kind of forced Jason Tatum's hand a little bit of, Hey, you have to be the superstar. Now you can't give it up to Jalen Brown. You got to do this. We believe in you this much. You got to go work. And so I think, I think he can do it. I mean, in the regular season, he was good. Even Mm -hmm. in the playoffs, he was good. Just the NBA finals Tatum for some reason shrunk. And it was very disappointing.
1: Yeah. Well, I will say too, LeBron did have a finals. I think his first finals with the Spurs. He didn't show up, played poorly, You know, this kind of mirrors that argument, though, is that LeBron didn't have as much help as Tatum did uh, in in this team. I I just my only pushback with getting rid of Jalen Brown is, look, with a rookie head coach, you turn the season around in January when you guys were under 500. You guys had the best record after the All-Star break leading into the playoffs. The only thing that beat you was just a Golden State team that was essentially destined to win. Once they got Klay Thompson back, there was no beating this Golden State Warriors unless you were just... Uh, like unworldly and you know let's just hypothetically say that Jason Tatum played up to his potential Jalen Brown played as well as he did Marcus Smart and Horford contributed the way they did Celtics probably do win the series and now we're not talking about dismembering the the team we're talking about okay how can we keep improving it or keep it intact so you know I would say like if we want to roll with this thing one more season at least or at least two more seasons I would say that because I don't know what other perimeter player you would trade Brown for and get back that's comparable or that could, you know, shine with Tatum. And I mean, Tatum's a good player, but if this shows anything, Brown's the guy you want to hang on to because in the big moments, Brown will show up where Tatum just wasn't ready for that moment yet. And you give Tatum an opportunity to still work with Brown or build around those two. And if you get back to the finals, Tatum understands more what he needs to do and proves on that role and Tatum still shows out the way he does, and in fact gains better experience because, from what it looks like, is Jalen Brown was more of the uh, more of the attacker offensively than Tatum. Tatum looks mm-hmm. so timid that you know he would try so hard, and he'd also commit turnovers, especially in this game. And if you're the superstar of the team, you can't really you can't really lose opportunities like that for your team. So I get your point, but I would just say I would keep this intact because there's really no other option that pairs well with Tatum. And for right now, I would still let this team kind of work together for another season or two before we go blowing it up because there's just no other options out there. I mean, unless you can swing a Bradley Beal trade, I would say, okay, that's an upgrade. But I think you do lose a little something defensively because (laughs) I feel like Brown is better than Beal defensively, but you're gaining a huge upgrade offensively. So you're you're trading an evil for another evil. But, you know, we'll see how this offseason goes. The draft, you know, is in, I think, two weeks. So we'll see what they do in the draft and amongst other trades during the off season. But, you know, I can easily respect though, that maybe we change a part here and there. And then we see where we go.
0: Um, you took the words right out of me. I was going to say, I mean, who do you think, who do you think makes the Celtics better? I mean, Jalen Brown or, or if you could swing at Bradley Beal, mm-hmm. I mean, I would argue Bradley Beal mm-hmm. because he's, a more consistent shooter you're subbing you're subbing yes defense for offense but at the same time Bradley Beal doesn't turn the ball over that as much as as Jalen Brown um I think he's a more consistent three shooter um and I feel like yes you're going to substitute that that defense but at the same time you know, look at the Warriors. I mean, they substitute defense with Steph Curry. They substitute mm-hmm. offense with Draymond Green. So mm-hmm. you can there's a way to balance it out and, and still do well. Uh, I think it's important to have at least one one or two guys who are like, you know, two way players who aren't going to be great offensive guys, but who are also not going to be a liability. And right. for me, I just feel like the, obviously the Celtics need to do that. And it's kind of funny too because. If I were to tell you that the, the Warriors won this game, I think you'd be surprised because field goal percentage in, in today's game, uh, the Celtics had 42.5, and the Golden State Warriors were only 41.3. One of the bigger differences was the three-point percentage. Golden State had 41.3 from three, and uh, Boston was 39.3. Um, but Boston had more, more free throws attempted and made, Mm-hmm. Um, they were out rebound by three rebounds. I don't think that's that huge of a difference. Mm-hmm. They both had twenty-seven uh, assists. The steals went on the Warrior side, thirteen to eight. Uh, the blocks were barely Celtics by eight to seven, and then it was just obviously the turnovers is is the big. I think the big one there. Mm-hmm. Um, but Golden State fouled more. Um, <laughs> Boston had more points in the paint, mm-hmm. uh, and surprisingly golden state had the largest lead of the game which was uh, 22 points so i mean you look at those numbers and you're like how did the warriors win and i think the the biggest differences were the three-point shooting of course but uh, also the turnovers Mm -hmm. but other than that i mean the boston boston did really well but they've seen dead almost the whole game and i said at one point with the last five minutes um Boston would hit a big shot, and they would get within like 12 points or 11 points or 10, and then Golden State would fire right back and hit the same shot, and that's what experience does. Just because they hit a big shot Mm -hmm. doesn't mean you can't go back down the floor and hit another shot of yourself to go shot for shot for them, and it was just too much for Boston. Boston got overwhelmed, and I don't know, man. You look at those numbers, and to me, it just is like – I think something does need to change. Boston yeah. won literally everything except for three point percentage and um and the turnover battle. And I think there's there's a big there's a big re- you need offense. You need more offensive guys, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm saying. Maybe get rid of Jalen Brown, or if you feel like getting rid of Jason Tatum, I wouldn't highly recommend it, but you could make a case for Boston and say, Hey, he completely shrunk. Yeah. He's a great regular season guy, but, uh, I'd rather have the guy who can, who can win in the playoffs. So, um, you know, I think you can make that argument.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would keep Tatum too, because if we're really being honest with ourselves, can we, I think then we're talking about, I think Jalen Brown is probably closer to his peak and, I think then Jason Tatum hasn't quite hit that peak, which means his ceiling is a lot higher. He's, he's going to get better and he's already similar to Jalen Brown's game. Then, you know, maybe that just means that Tatum has more to grow. So yeah, you bet on Tatum, but in the immediate future, Brown probably, probably is the guy that you build around, but then where does it go? I, I agree with you that I would keep, I wouldn't recommend getting rid of Tatum because again, his ceiling is far higher with where he's at than Jalen Brown. I think Jalen Brown is close to his ceiling where argument could be made that Jason Tatum probably hasn't even touched his prime yet. He's still yeah. kind of raw and he hasn't yeah. even hit his peak yet. And that's scary to think about considering, you know, he's only 24.
0: I think that is a hundred percent accurate
1: statement. Yeah. And just briefly too, I'm looking right now on uh, uh, a website right now. It's a uh, sports track. It's, tracking free agencies for the upcoming uh, NBA free agents. There is not a whole lot of centers, power forwards or point guards that are available at good quality. So I don't know what the Celtics would want to do, but you know, maybe wait until next season when more free agents come available before you make major changes. Yeah. Especially if you want to make a decision to get rid of Brown or smart or Horford or Tatum, but that'd be just my opinion. If I were their GM quick thought,
0: Anthony Davis, he was rumored to go to Boston before he went to L.A. Uh huh. Might not be a bad, it might not be a bad situation. He's a guy who plays defense. He can shoot. Mm-hmm. Yes, he does get injured. But as Boston has shown, they can do okay without guys uh, who get injured. And they can hold
1: the fort down until they come back. What do you think? Um, I'm not opposed to that, but who, do, who are we getting back? I would say if it's not smart and shoot. brown, I don't want it.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say it'd have to be Jalen Brown. I, I would assume probably yeah, I, maybe both
1: Smart and Brown. I think you could get. I think you could swing both. I think it would help, but then I would. Um, some part of me would want to get um, Miami involved because Duncan Robinson's just kind of wasting on the Heat's bench, and find yeah. a way to also get his contract on the Lakers just so we have a shooter. But that would just be me being selfish. But yeah, I would do. <laughs> I would do Brown and Smart for um, AD. And I think that would clear yeah. up a little bit of salary cap, but then yeah. we lose a ton of our size, which, you know, LeBron can't play five, especially if he wants to be the ball handler. And yeah, the... but I, th- I think the way that I mean,
0: the Warriors, I think, again, prove that you really don't have to have a traditional big man. I mean, Draymond Green was their, was a big man. Yeah. He's I think he might be shorter than Andrew Wiggins or like just as tall as Wiggins. So yeah. I think he kind of proved that. Uh, I think, well, I, not him. I think the Warriors proved that uh, it is something you can do. I'm not saying you have LeBron there. I, I agree with you as the five. probably yeah. have to get someone else there, but I don't think going smaller is necessarily uh, a dumb move. Sure, I get you. All right, let's talk about the winners. We talked enough about the Celtics. Uh, I think it was just disheartening Uh, the Celtics really, I mean, it was a close game. 13 points isn't, isn't a ton, yeah. but, um, I think it was more disheartening that, you know, I felt like the Celtics really had a good chance to win this game, go to game seven. Um, and, um, I just, I just felt like it was going shot for shot and it really discouraged Boston. And that's, what's wrong with having a, a young team. They just don't know how to get out of that funk yet. Yeah. But let's talk about the winners. So uh, uh, this is the fourth NBA Finals championship for the for this Golden State Warriors team for the for the core of Draymond Green, uh, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. All three guys completely deserve it. I love Draymond Green. I know he talks a lot. I know he's not a, a huge fan favorite, but I just love. The confidence that he has, and today he really did step up. He had 12 points. Uh, He had some big. He had like two big threes. Yep. um, Late in the second half, he had two blocks, two steals, eight assists, 12 rebounds. Mm -hmm. He did everything, and he only had one foul. I know. Amazingly (laughs) enough, after all that, (laughs) one foul, Uh, (laughs) which is insane. That's an insane Draymond Green stat. Just got to say that, but uh good for him i mean clay thompson i don't know what you can tell say about this guy this guy went through hell i mean this is every nba player's worst nightmare you 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 uh get this huge injury where it takes you out for the rest of the year Mm -hmm. and then you're getting ready to come back and then you have another huge injury that takes you out the second year in a row um and uh congratulations to him i mean it, it was well deserved and I think he showed, even though he wasn't great, mm-hmm. I think to me, he proved that he should be, uh, if you're going to pick Clay Thompson or Jordan Poole, I, at least right now, it's going to be Thompson. Poole is going to yeah. have to come off the bench because um, Poole had some really terrible shot selection. Mm-hmm. It was awful. I mean, you and I were texting about it like for like 15 minutes. We're like, dude, what is he doing? Yeah, What is he seeing? So Um, so congratulations to him. And then Steph Curry, uh, the finals MVP. I mean, it was well-deserved in my opinion. I, yeah. I didn't think, I know there was a lot of chatter about, Oh,
1: maybe Wiggins, Wiggins, Wiggins.
0: Listen, Wiggins had a good game four and game five. He had, he two was, good games. he was phenomenal.
1: Two, two good back-to-back games. He was
0: also awful in game one and two. Right. And everyone kept saying he needs to step up. He's a guy that the warriors need to step up. And he didn't even step up in game three. He stepped up in game four and five. Yeah. finally, um, but uh, Steph Curry was, I felt like was great the whole series. He had one game yeah. where he only got 12 points, but he affected what the, how the Celtics defended and they actually ended up winning that game anyway. So yeah, for me, uh, it's got to go where uh, Steph Curry, I think he was no doubt about it. The MVP Cody,
1: what did you feel? I mean, of course he should have been MVP for those that think Andrew Wiggins would have won MVP I think, sure, if you want to just really analyze things, let's just take Steph Curry off the team. Does Andrew Wiggins keep this team uh, as a championship team? No, I don't think so. There's a reason why Steph Curry did what he did. In game four, he scored 43 points and closed out, or not closed out, but beat Boston in Boston when he really didn't have very much help, Klay Thompson shot fairly decent. Jordan Poole didn't shoot very well. And Andrew Wiggins particularly didn't shoot very well. He just played pretty decent, pretty good defense on Jason Tatum. But Curry scored, I think out of one game, every game he scored, I think 30 points. The only game he didn't score was game five, but he had the rest of his team to, to pick him up, which probably took the life out of the Boston Celtics. The fact that they did the best they could on Steph Curry, going 0-9 in Game 5, and yet the Warriors still won on at home when they were, I think, down from some part of that game, and then they ended up coming back and maintaining that lead. But this is 100% deserving for Steph Curry. In my opinion, he should have won 2015 Finals MVP. <laughs> yes. And we gotta stop yeah. this whole, like, just because you play defense on the best player, which my argument would be Andrew Wiggins did play really good defense, but is it good defense or was Jason Tatum just in his head and making poor decisions? So Andrew Wiggins was there at the time of that defense. And I'm not saying again, he didn't contest a lot of shots, but I'm just saying like if Jason Tatum, you know, was playing normal, Andrew Wiggins is no more than just a defender on there. I don't think he really swayed the series that much. I think more, I think more Tatum was in his own head than Wiggins playing defense on him. In my opinion, can I cut you off right there, real quick, Shoot. Cody?
0: I I think it's safe to say both things can be true. Wiggins played good defense, but also Tatum wasn't great in this mm-hmm. series, and I don't think it was because of Wiggins. I think it it had a factor in it. Sure. But exactly what you're saying, I feel like he it was um, he was also in his head and and uh, just lost a lot of confidence. I think mm-hmm. it's okay that both things are true. Yeah. I don't you know what?
1: I don't see what's wrong with that. You know what? You're 100% right on that. I, I accept that. And I will give this example, too. Wiggins played good D um, to where mm-hmm. I will say, too, though, the Warriors played a collectively good team defense on him themselves. This game six highlighted that as well. When Tatum was trying to go into the post, trying to shoot a three, they closed out on him immediately. They doubled him when appropriate, made him give up the ball. But I will say, too, the Celtics tried the same tactic on Steph Curry. But here's the experience difference. Steph Curry knew how to get out of the double, knew how to find his his screener to kind of get around that. He knew how to get to the lane. So what Tatum was going through is also the same thing that uh, Curry was going through. But Curry just knew how to break that defense down with his ball handling, his shooting, his passing ability. He had about four or five passes where he literally whipped the ball around from the back of his defender's head and hit a hit his teammate in the hands clear across the other side of the court. Tatum wasn't making those passes, but you know, that just goes to show the level of experience and the difference between how great each player is. I think game six highlighted that specifically.
0: Yeah. I think, uh, I think you and I are in agreement. I, I don't, I don't see an issue with both statements being true and it's it's okay that uh, they collectively. I, I agree with you. They collective. I feel like the Warriors came into the series, and Steve Kerr pointed at Jason Tatum and said, "That's who we're gonna make lose confidence. Yep. We're gonna go at him every single time. Every shot he has gonna be contested. I don't care if." game three he has zero points we are still going to make him lose that confidence why because we don't want him to gain it back we are going to continue to go at him let Jalen brown do his thing leave don't leave jason tatum alone and i think that's exactly what they did and they did it phenomenally
1: as they are champions as we say
0: as we stay here so I want to ask you one more question. We're probably going to go over a little bit, so I'm sorry. But I do want to ask this question. Cody, can the Warriors get back
1: to the NBA Finals next year? Yes. Actually, I think that they'll probably be better equipped. Um, if James Wiseman comes back, there's no doubt in my mind that they are going to be in the Finals. Uh, Kaminga is going to have another uh, year of experience, especially going through the playoffs and seeing how the NBA Finals are. I think they have another role player. I want to say his name is Mooney or or something Looney. along the Looney. Looney. Well, mm-hmm. I know they have Cave Looney, but they have another player, another oh, Moody. Player. Moody. Moody. He's also a good young player. I really feel like if Jordan Poole really focuses on his skill set such as I want his ball handling to be a little bit better. He's a little too loose in my opinion. I mean, yes. I don't mind I don't mind shaking the defender down and breaking his defense down, but it, it it's on the line of also out of control like steph curry's ball yeah. handling it it is extremely well done and it's elusive and jordan pool is trying to mimic that but it's not nearly as controlled yeah. so if jordan pool can work on that be a little bit better in terms of situations when to go to the rack when to distribute not take a, too many crazy shots obviously keep having that shooter's confidence. Then I hundred percent believe that this Warriors team could easily repeat just with those pieces alone, and we're not even talking about Klay Thompson having a full regular season back of getting his shooting confidence back because essentially he's been back since January or so, and he's I would even argue he's not even a hundred percent yet, and they won with with Thompson the way he was, mm. and you know they won a championship just with Draymond Thompson and Curry, and Thompson wasn't even one of their. Splash Brothers, so to speak, he was kind of uh, you know, he, he had his struggles, but I yeah. definitely think that the Warriors could repeat, for sure.
0: I think it's going to be hard. Um, you know, it, they're going to have to make some... I think Otto Porter Jr., although he I, I feel like he had a, a decent game. This, I mean, for the minutes he played, mm-hmm. I think they're gonna have to get rid of him. Though, um, I just, yeah. uh, I think you're gonna have to get rid of him. Obviously, Iguodala is probably, he's probably gonna retire after this year. Um, you know, they're, they're gonna have to make a couple of moves. Um, but I, I agree. I think with those guys gone, I think Kaminga is gonna step up. I would love to see Wiseman, but I, I just have a feeling that they're gonna trade away Wiseman. I don't think they're actually sold on him. So um, I do think they're going to make some moves. And it, to me, it's going to definitely determine um, how they're going to be. But I think they're at least going to be a playoff team. Um, oh, yeah. I think it's – I just – I like the Mavericks team. I I still do like the Suns. I don't think they're all that bad. Um, hopefully, the Lakers will make a move to where they can be a little bit better. Um and I think the Clippers. Yeah. I was going to say the Clippers are say, a really Clippers, good team.
1: Clippers could be coming back with Kawhi yeah. and PG Tyron Lue as their head coach. Yeah. That could, that could be a team to watch out for in the West. for sure.
0: <laughs> so I think the West is still going to be very hard. Um, you know, we'll see how Utah does, but um, you know, Denver, another team that's, that's phenomenal. So, and they're going to get, you know, their guys back. So yeah, uh, it'll, it'll be an interesting NBA season to say the least. Do I think the Warriors have a good chance of getting it into the NBA finals? Again, I think they still do. I think they're that talented of a team. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I do think with how the uh, West is, it's going to be hard to do it. So I'm going to say no, just to go opposite of you, but I'm not going to say it's impossible.
1: So. But you say that they'll at least get into the playoffs. You're just not sure about the finals again, right?
0: Yeah, NBA finals I think it's going to be too. It's going to be hard. But we'll see, who
1: knows. Yeah, can't wait. I mean, I'm I'm happy for Steph Curry. I'm sad NBA's over and, you know, now we got to wait till October, but it's going to be a crazy off season and uh can't wait for it all to come back. So
0: all right, Cody. So let me get to MLB Power Rankings real quick. Then we'll take a break and go into uh, NFC South Talk. All right. So um, I we stopped for a couple of weeks, but I'm glad it's back. Um, I have the MLB Power Rankings. Not much has changed, but a huge uh, – I wish I had a broom in my hand right now. A huge <laughs> sweep happened in the NL West uh, where the San Francisco Giants swept – the Los Angeles Dodgers. Now it was in San Francisco. So Mm -hmm. that could, obviously that can be slightly a factor, but at the same time, uh, that was a huge sweep, huge sweep for, for both teams. Mm -hmm. I feel like the giants gained a lot of confidence after that sweep where they ended up winning the series over the Royals and they pretty much got out hit and they still won. Um, and then, um, the Dodgers, they don't look great, and then Walker Bueller went on the IL shortly yeah. after his uh, his disaster in San Francisco. So it'll be – I feel like the Dodgers are kind of in a rough spot right now. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to lose too much, and so let's get into it. I, I have the New York Yankees at number one. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's any question. They have the best record in baseball. Uh, Aaron Judge right now is playing – at his best and probably the best player in, uh, I would argue, in the majors right now. I think he's playing yeah.
1: phenomenally. Would uh, you say he's an AL MVP favorite?
0: As of right now, yeah, I would I would absolutely yeah. say that. I, I think Mike Trout is still in it, mm-hmm. but as of right now, I, I would still have Judge over. And Judge is from? Fresno State, baby. Okay. Um, New York Mets at number two. I love this team. Uh, they're still struggling with injuries, and yet they're still continuing to win these games. It is remarkable um, how good they are playing. I, I don't even think I've seen Scherzer all that
1: much. I feel no, like I've—he's I've, he's on the 15-day right now. I think oh, though he's, he's still, ahead of his rehab schedule from what I saw, but he's—he's he's still out for a bit. I mean, take your time with him. They're, you're still
0: winning. You're doing great. Keep it up. Don't don't worry about him coming back. you know, rushing him back. Yeah. So this is the only difference I have. The Padres are at three over the Dodgers. And the reason being is the sweep that I was talking about. The Dodgers lost to the Giants, which, yes, it is a rival. So I don't want to say, I don't want to panic too much. Um, But the Padres now have the best record in the NL West. Mm -hmm. And it's without their, arguably, you could say their best player. I would still put that at Manny Machado. Mm -hmm. I've always felt like Manny Machado is their best player When he's playing at his best last year, I think uh, Tatis was the best one uh, because he was playing at the top of his level. But this year, it's definitely, definitely Manny Machado. I this guy should be NL MVP um, right now. I think he's just been phenomenal at the plate with his glove. Um, And then it's going to be interesting to see how he plays with Tatis. Hopefully he continues this because if he does this Padres team is for real and they're pitching. I mean, I didn't think their pitching was going to be as good, but it is. I mean, you Darvish, I have him every year in fantasy football or fantasy football, fantasy baseball. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, okay, I can't do it anymore. This guy just bones me constantly. Right. So I had to let him go. And of course he's having a phenomenal year. And there was a point where I was like, maybe I'll try and make a trade for him. I was like, nope, Andrew, do not do not fall into the trap. It's going to happen. You're going to get him. He's going to fail. Don't yeah. do it. Just let him be. So uh, good for the Padres. Obviously, you have the Dodgers at four. Uh, no explanation there. They still have a great team, regardless mm-hmm. of losing Walker Buehler. Uh, Kershaw is still not looking great but he's still not the worst picture in in the league so mm-hmm. um you know Kershaw is still a a i, w- I mean he's still a, a guy who could be a number 2 in the rotation so i don't think that's that's bad mm-hmm. um and then the Houston Astros at number 5 um again they're not in a great division obviously the angels have been struggling lately um and you know i i really like the a's and then they have the rangers there so not too much competition, but overall, the Astros, they just keep winning. And it's, I didn't think their bullpen was going to, I thought their bullpen was going to be their detriment. And right mm-hmm. now it's actually been okay. So, yeah. um, you know, good for the Astros. And so that runs out my top five. So I have Yankees at one, Mets at two, Padres at three, Dodgers at four, and the Strohs, uh rounding it out at five.
1: Right on. I'm surprised you didn't have the Red Sox in at five, but... You know, maybe they'll be in next week. Yeah, we'll see. I, I, I mean,
0: you know, I liked the Red Sox coming into this year, um, but I'm still a little. I mean, they're they're still only 34 and and 30, so they've they still have a long ways. I mean, honestly, if I were going to put a team ahead of Boston, it would probably would have been Toronto. Mm-hmm. I really like Toronto. I just feel like they've been. Having these weird loss, like their last loss was to the Orioles. They lost ten to ten to two. Mm-hmm. So, and they're going to face the Yankees coming up. So, yeah, I'm going to uh, see how that goes, and then I'll determine how I feel about the Blue Jays. <laughs> there you
1: go. I have an impromptu uh, Drew take question for you. Okay. Um, I tagged you in a video on our Drew Code account on TikTok. To ironically, from the backseat podcast, their TikTok account, uh, Clark. He mentioned that the New York market is the most overrated sports market. I was just curious. Did you agree with him or not?
0: I agree with him because I do understand what he was saying. Like, it's ridiculous how much we talk about the Yankees, how much we talk about the Mets, because last year the Mets were kind of on a streak. And, I mean... Major League Baseball lost their mind. They're like, oh, my God. Oh, geez. Oh, the Mets, they're back. Holy cow. And then they ended up not doing well after that. So it was just like, okay, let's temper expectations a little bit let's think this through Uh history tells us the Mets aren't going to be great towards the end of the year. So I like the Mets. I like their team. I think they can withstand what they're doing, Uh but they're going to have to get healthy. If they're going to continue with the team that they have, then I think they can start to uh, slide down a little bit. And I have still maintained, I don't like the Yankees rotation as much as it has been playing well. And I don't like their bullpen. I'm not a fan of them. And they're both in their, their lineup is great. I, I mean, other than Joey Gallo uh, still playing, which is remarkable, in my opinion. Um, but um, and then we talk about the Knicks and the Nets. They completely flop every year, it seems like. And then we talk about the Giants and Jets. I mean, we'll we'll get to them uh, when we get to the uh, NFC East and AFC East. And good right. Lord. I'm just so sick of hearing about Zach Wilson. And you know, he's he's not Joe Montana yet, but he he's so good. And it's just get over it. He's going right. to suck this year again. It's not going to be great because the Jets are not a good team, and uh, the Giants, are, for some reason, are like, "Oh, Daniel Jones, we'll keep him." And it's like, I I don't get it. So yeah, I will agree with him in the sense of it is kind of overrated. I do understand that. Uh, you know, they talk about. Uh, New York is, you know, it is a it is a sports mecca. So it is one of those where they, you know, when New York is good, you know, whatever sport you're talking about from New York is then going to be even more exciting. Right. But for me, I also am like, okay, we get all excited about New York, but let's kind of pump the brake a little bit on that, because. Uh, they still,
1: <laughs> lately, last 10 years or so, right. uh, haven't done much. Well, I appreciate you answering that. So I was just curious on what your thoughts
0: were. Yeah. All right, Cody. Well, let's take a break. And when we come back, we will do our NFC South predictions. I know. I was just, I wanted to dance a little bit longer. Sorry. I had to take a drink and then
1: whatever. I know. Was. By the way, what are you drinking over there? It is a very large drink. What do you got of it? Well, first of all, I got my
0: uh, my uh, San Jose Sharks
1: mug. Oh, okay, uh,
0: and I'm drinking a little uh, Jameson and Coke Zero because got to stay healthy. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's like a it's okay. from the mini cans, gotcha. so it's not as much soda because I can never finish like a whole can because yeah. I'm a wimp. But anyway, that's fine. Um. So yeah, that's what I'm drinking. But anyway. <laughs> So Cody, NFC South. Uh, this one, I'm not as confident on this on my Saints prediction. Yeah. So, and I was telling you about it. This is probably going to be one of my amendments. Uh, we get one per conference. I I assume I'm going to eat crow on this one, um, and and we'll get to it in a second. But um, so what we have been doing, if you haven't been following. Uh, We go four, three, two, one, just kind of alternate between each other. So, um, Cody, I'm going to let you kick it off. NFC South prediction. uh, Who is going to be in last place in the NFC South?
1: All right. So last place for me, I have the Carolina Panthers at four and 13. I'm not a huge fan of Sam Darnold. I have no trust in him. Uh, (laughs) Robbie Anderson has already talked about thinking about retiring. The only shining light that this team has is DJ Moore, and that is it. They've lost every other good player. Their defense is young and a little up and coming, but, you know, I think, unfortunately, I I think if Matt Rule is still the head coach, he's not going to be after this. Uh, They have Brian McAdoo, I think, as their new uh, offensive coordinator, which tells me everything I need to know right there. There's just no way that this team is going to succeed. I have them at four and thirteen and I struggle to find four wins. I kid you not, man. I almost had them at the Lions record last year at like two and fifteen or whatever. So four and thirteen is the best I'm gonna do. And that's who I have in fourth place is the Carolina Panthers. So
0: I think you forgot to say Christian McCaffrey.
1: Oh, yes, because you know, he's been there every step of the way on the injured reserve list. That's neither here nor there.
0: <laughs> He's probably going to get injured again this year because um, it's, it's not looking good. Offensive line wise, quarterback yeah. wise. Yeah. That's uh, just so funny. The robbery, Robbie Anderson's like, Oh, uh, thinking about retiring. That's yeah, how bad the team I is. might, I might go.
1: Now Here's the thing, <laughs> here's the thing. before, yet. before you go, if Baker Mayfield somehow, some way did get traded to the Panthers, which by the way, I already know got squashed. I'm just going to I know I know that we're I'm just if he did get traded, I would probably say that that brings up their wins to maybe six because I think Baker Mayfield is a better quarterback than Sam Darnold. Because Sam Darnold, unfortunately, the Jets ruined his career. We're going to just blame the Jets for how he's turned out. Carolina did not help any much more. (laughs) But I think Baker Mayfield, if if he did somehow wind up on the Panthers, I think it gets them another win or two but not much more than that. I think this whole team needs to it needs to just rebuild again from the ground up. There's there's nothing good on this team except for maybe Christian McCaffrey who you should probably think about trading for draft picks and DJ Moore like I mentioned. Other than those two, you re- there is really nothing else going for them, so.
0: Yeah, um, you know, I as you did I struggled to find four wins, and in fact, I didn't find four wins. I found two wins for the Carolina Panthers. Oh, I have them at two and fifteen. <laughs> I am with you. I'm not I mean last year they went five and what five and twelve. I lost my spot
1: here yeah, yeah five went, and twelve okay, and five I think and four of those wins were like within the first eight weeks or something like that, yeah, so.
0: I I mean, I like Sam Darnold, but I'm with you. I think the Jets kind of ruined him. I think the Panthers, again, aren't making it any better. I actually like Matt Rule as a coach. Um, I don't think he's been a bad coach. I don't think he's necessarily been coaching them out of wins or into losses. I feel like it's been more just kind of unfortunate circumstances. He has... Had no quarterback. I mean, he had to use Cam Newton last year. Yeah. Um, who scored a rushing touchdown and was yelling, I'm back. And then the last two weeks proceeded to do absolutely nothing. So it's just kind of a crap situation. I have them splitting games between New Orleans and Atlanta, and those are their only two wins. I, I think Detroit is a better team. I think, yeah. obviously, Cincinnati, um, who's kind of a, a, a low-end team. The Giants, I still think the Giants, uh, as much as I was, you know, trashing them a second ago, Mm -hmm. I think they're a better team than the Panthers right now. Um, And then uh, they don't have any favors. I mean, they face like their first five weeks. Okay, the Browns, we'll see what happens. Then the Giants, that's in New York. That's kind of why I gave them the win. Then it's the Saints. Then it's the Cardinals. Then it's the Niners. And this is my favorite part of their – of their Schedule is at Rams And then at home Versus the Buccaneers Yeah, I don't see that as a, Any kind of win and then they go to Cincinnati they go to Baltimore They face Denver at home uh, Their their schedule Is pretty rough and obviously yep. Again they, they played the Buccaneers twice And they have to go to uh Tampa Bay so I, I don't see their uh, schedule Doing them any favors and I think that's it man. I I just I think their schedule sucks and I think yeah. they suck and
1: um I just That's a that's a lot no of, th- That's a lot of tough defenses that they'll be facing in the first 8 weeks. Before their bye week they're going to be facing <laughs> like my six favorite. Top, like six top 10 defenses right <laughs> they face, before.
0: They face San Francisco, then it's then it's the Rams and then they're like, "Oh, you know what? Let's add the
1: Buccaneers to that too. Why not?" And I'm sure Carolina's like, "This is gonna be awesome." Thanks, guys. Sam Darnold is already ringing up his therapist right now to talk about all the sacks that he's gonna <laughs> that he's all already the, had.
0: Yeah, all the ghosts that he's gonna yeah. see.
1: All right, Cody. So, who is your number three team? And all what right, is the so record? Number three for me is the Atlanta Falcons. I have them finishing at six and eleven. Um, you know, I think that this team made some moderate improvements. They did uh, draft Drake London. Obviously, they signed former Raider Marcus Mariota, and uh, they have, I think his name is R- Ritter. Is that right? Or Riddler? Yeah, Ritter. Ritter. Ritter on the, uh, their new rookie quarterback, who's probably a project quarterback. But, um, you know, this team is okay offensively. They, they don't uh, blow my socks off, and I think they're – a subpar team uh, you know the six wins I think I have them winning is just because you know they they got real lucky and they have played well enough to get this I do see like Tampa clinching a playoff spot resting so in the final week of the regular season that's really the only one I have them uh, taking a game from Tampa at home in Atlanta because against last game of the season I think that most of the starters will be rested because they have clinched and I You know, majority of the time, the lower end team usually plays that game pretty hard for pride. So that's the only notable win I have. But ultimately, I have Atlanta Falcons at six and eleven. Just not enough there, especially defensively. Um, They have a lot of work to do, but, you know, we'll see.
0: I think I'm I'm in agreement agreement with you with the Falcons being at number three. I have them at three and 14. I think you can convince me that they could get maybe a couple of more wins. But to me, I, I hated the Falcons defense last year. They were seven and 10 last year, but I think a lot of that was Matt Ryan. I think you went from Matt Ryan to Marcus Mariota. I think you are going to take a step back. Now you have that ability of a quarterback who can run. So there might be a few more exciting plays in that perspective but I don't think any of us are saying Marcus Mariota is a step up from Matt Ryan. Um, and if you are, you're wrong because the Colts got better all of a sudden getting, right. Colts um, are all Ryan. of a
1: sudden a super bowl favorite <laughs> with Matt Ryan. So yes.
0: And I feel like the Falcons got worse and I don't think it's any fault that Marcus Mariota, I, I'm not here slamming him, but I, I mean, they're, they're, they're not going to have Calvin Ridley this year. Um, right. Who's going to be their their playmaking receiver? So, I think they have some good receivers, Russell Gage. But again,
1: you know Matt oh, Ryan is a guy. Who Russell can, Gage you know, is now on the Buccaneers. He signed. With oh, I'm the, sorry. Off-season. That's
0: right. That's right. So you you lost a lot already, and um, I mean I think maybe a saving grace for them would be to go after. Uh, julio jones again that yeah would be, that would be kind of just like maybe you get a few more seats in the sand but yeah uh for the most part i i just i don't i hate their defense i think their defense is awful i feel bad for Mariota because now you're going to a worse offensive line than what you had in las vegas which <laughs> not saying las vegas's offensive line was terrible just saying it's not it's not going to be any better in atlanta it's going to be absolutely worse so um you know i i'm with you i think you're going to see the rookie um at some point maybe after their bye week which comes in week 14 so the last four games i think you might see the rookie uh finish out the season for uh the falcons because i don't think it's going to be much of anything. But I have them splitting games uh with New Orleans and Carolina and then I have them one win over uh Cleveland because um it is going to be in Atlanta and it is early enough in the season to where I think they can win. I think they could possibly beat the Seahawks, but I was just kind of thinking about the offensive weapons that the Seahawks had, even though Andrew or <laughs> Drew Locke is um not you know, the best quarterback, I do feel like he could probably throw it all day against Atlanta, mm-hmm. um, to DK Metcalf to, uh, Tyler Lockett. And, uh, and then they have a really good running, uh, duo in in uh, Chris Carson and, uh, Penny. So I think the Seahawks could easily win that, but also could lose it. But that's kind of why I gave, uh, them the win over the Browns. So I have them at three and 14. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, yeah, I'm just not excited about them. So, Cody, who is your
1: number two team in the NFC South? So I have the New Orleans Saints uh, in second place. I have them at finishing at 9-8. and eight. I actually, hearing about some of the offensive weapons that are coming back, they did sign uh, uh, Jarvis Landry. Obviously, they have uh, Jameis Winston coming back from a torn ACL, which you and I are very well, uh, very we know much about well I'll say Uh, sorry words are hard right now Uh, and their defense is much improved their offensive line only got better they did sign some depth at the offensive line they have Alvin Kamara Michael Thomas should be coming back between you and I I think that there's something going on between the Saints organization and Michael Thomas just because it's very weird that we're going nearly two full seasons where Thomas hasn't seen the field and I don't know maybe the Saints did ruin Michael Thomas's ankle. Maybe it's just Michael Thomas not wanting to play on the Saints anymore, but there's something going on there. I don't want to say that, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. I'm just a little eerie that, again, we're almost two seasons in, and Michael Thomas hasn't taken the field. We assume that he'll be back on the field. Um, and then at what capacity, how well how well will he do, we don't know. But I think Jameis Winston is good enough to where he can lead them to at least a uh, above 500 record. Uh, you know, he will have some, uh, young receivers that did get a, a year of experience. He's had a whole rehab now. Um, they do have a, a new head coach in Dennis Allen, which, you know, he's more defensive than offensive, but hopefully that doesn't change too much with essentially having the same coaching staff. But for the most part, I think the saints will surprise some people. I do have them splitting. I do have them sweeping Carolina and Atlanta and splitting with, uh, with the Buccaneers, but I do see it like they'll go on a hot streak, then they'll lose to the teams they're supposed to lose to, and then they'll, you know, go back and forth with a couple of games towards the latter part of the season. But ultimately, I, I'm pretty strong about them finishing at nine and eight with the second best record in the uh, NFC South.
0: I I think this is going to be my amendment as I had started this um, <clears throat> started this segment saying. Um, I have him at five and 12 and I don't feel great about it, but I mean, I, I would like you know what my, what my mindset was. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a fan of Dennis Allen. I don't That's think right. he should have been the head coach. I, I think he, he was unsuccessful in Oakland and I, and I understand that it was Oakland. It was a absolute crap show in Oakland. Um, so Not entirely his fault, but at the same time, I think he was not very good. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like, yes, the Saints have had a really good defense, but I kind of felt like for years, their defense was a little overrated. I felt like it was just because Dennis Allen continued to blitz constantly and they would face teams like, you know, Falcons, Panthers, Buccaneers at the time. Mm -hmm. They weren't uh, these teams that were going to... Um, you know, be able to have a level head and, and just not worry about the blitz at all. So I felt like they kind of, and then they all obviously have benefited from Drew Brees. So this year coming in, I'm not a huge fan of Daniel Allen. I'm not sure what to expect with him as a head coach. Mm -hmm. Now their defense did get better. They, you know, obviously Tyron Matthew was one of their big offseason signings, but you're right. We don't know what receivers are going to have. We, I mean, Michael Thomas, we think, um, but who knows? Um, I'm not too big on their, on their running backs. Um, I I know Alvin Kamara, but he's kind of got some legal issues going around him, looming around him. So, you know, we'll see if he's focused or, or if he's going to be distracted. Um, I don't think their offensive line is as good as it used to be, and to be perfectly honest, I don't know if I can trust James Winston fully, and I also don't know if i can if I can trust him to be healthy. and I think that's another issue that you're gonna run into. So that's kind of what my mindset is. Having said all that, I think your nine and eight record is way better than mine. Um, I will already admit that I you know I was looking I was like I think I might want to give them like a win over Minnesota, a win over Pittsburgh, but I just kind of gave the other those teams the wins because it's in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um the Minnesota, like uh, Philadelphia, it's in Philadelphia. Um you know Arizona, it's at Arizona. I kind of gave the Vikings the win cuz it is going to be overseas and mm-hmm. I just trust that Chris Kirk Cousins is going to be himself. He's not going to change who he is. He's going to be consistent. And Mm -hmm. James Winston, he's either really great or he's really bad. He's never kind of in the middle. So, um, and I feel like he thrived with Sean Payton. Now that he's with uh, Dennis Allen, that's what I'm a little worried about as well. So um, that's why I have Saints so low. I think I'm way off on that, but um, I'm going to stick with it for now. And uh, I fully, anticipate that that is going to be my amendment for the nfc
1: sure (laughs) the only thing i will say before we move on to number one is i think you're you being a little cautious regarding the team is understandable but i will say too that this team is probably going to look closer to like a tennessee titans as as uh, a coach mike rabel defensive first team where I think that what you'll see is you'll see the saints that defend the ball very well, create turnovers and takeaways and then give it back to the offense. My thing is, is the reason why new Orleans kind of struggled the way they did, they did finish fairly decent. I think they were just below 500, but were relatively competitive through the whole season was because they just didn't have a reliable quarterback yet. You know, was it Taysom Hill as your QB who couldn't throw the ball very well. Then you had Trevor Simeon when Taysom Hill was injured, you know, Jameis Winston for, you know, Oh, I think it was 60% of the season. So, you know, given those factors, if if Jameis Winston is healthy and he comes back, we can easily agree that that is an upgrade at quarterback. And if at the very least Jarvis Landry does help them in the receiving position because he's a veteran, he's still got a lot of life left in him. He was very productive in Cleveland. I think we can agree that uh, Jameis Winston is an upgrade from Baker Mayfield in terms of throwing. So I will say that this will probably look like more of a a defensive team first. They're going to be known for their defense and the offense is going to supplement and score the points, but you're going to see a lot of drag out games, maybe a lot of like 16 to 10 scores, a lot of, you know, 13 to three scores. You'll probably see a majority of that throughout the season with them because again, they're going to be anchored on the defense and the offense is just going to do enough to get by nothing more and nothing less. At least that's how I see this team constructed.
0: All right, Cody. So who is your number one team in the NFC South? Oh, we already
1: know. (laughs) Yeah, I think it goes with no surprise. It's the uh, Tom Brady Buccaneers. Um, Oh. Yeah. New new team. Uh, I have them going 12 and 5. So last season I was a little overzealous. I think I had them at 14 and 2 or 15 and 1 or something like that. I think you had
0: them at like 15 and 2. Yeah, I was a little –
1: I overshot this one. This one I think is (laughs) – in my opinion, I feel like that this – is a little bit high in the wins column, but I feel like that 12 and five is super achievable way more, you know, way more palatable than 15 and one. But I think Tom Brady coming back, Todd Bowles is the, is the head coach uh, outside of the other uh, coaches that still remain intact because Bruce Arians basically just handed over uh, Todd Bowles, the team, which it sounds like everyone is pretty, uh, reinvigorated to be back into football. Tom Brady is coming back potentially for his last season. I'm going to just say this is probably his final season because he signed that 10 year $375 million uh, compensating contract with Fox. You know, I'm pretty certain that there's a deadline to where he's going to be there. I'm sure they're not just paying him 300 plus million for nothing. (laughs) So I'm pretty certain that this is probably his last season. Um, You know, he still has Mike Evans, I'm pretty certain that Rob Gronkowski is going to come back. I don't see Rob not coming back yeah. for Tom Brady, especially if this is his last season. If not, you still have OJ Howard there as your secondary tight end, who's a very good tight end. Um, you know, you have Chris uh, Godwin, who is still on the team, coming back from an ACL injury, but probably will be back some point in the season. Again, you mm-hmm. have Russell Gage that signed with them. That's going to basically be their new Scotty. I think it was Scotty Miller. Who Scotty Miller. Was, Yeah, Scotty Miller, who basically was a slot receiver that Tom Brady liked. I think Russell Gage, obviously, being more athletic and speedier, will probably fill in that role. The defense is the biggest question mark. I don't know if they've addressed secondary very well, and I'm curious to see if that interior can penetrate and win at the line of scrimmage and get home and sack a QB because their pressure defense was not very good last season. Which is probably yeah. the reason why that they couldn't, you know, they couldn't stand a chance against the Rams. Cause the Rams, all they had to do was they were able to protect Stafford or move the pocket a little bit, and that negated basically the pass rush, and they were able to just buy time for Stafford to go down the field. So I think this one will be improved, but I do see Tom Brady in his last season going twelve and five. I see this team going in a deep run. So I just will say that this is probably an NFC team I see going deep whenever we get to the playoff predictions, if we ever go down that route, I think this is an interesting team to look out for, but ultimately I have, uh, the Buccaneers going 12 and five to finish first place.
0: All right. I think I am the, I am the person that is overzealous on the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I have the Buccaneers last year. They went 13 and four. I have them going 14 and three. Okay. Um, I think, First of all, their schedule is very uh, favorite towards them mm-hmm. um, because they face teams like Dallas. Yes, it is in Dallas, but, I mean, we're going to get to them um, when we weeks. get to the NFC East, yeah, right. and um, I don't like the Cowboys. I think yeah they're lucky that they're in the division that they are in because if they're in the NFC South, if they're in the NFC uh, West, they're not going to do what they're doing, um, which I think they're going to win a few games that I was actually surprised that I think they will. But at the same time, like I said, I I feel like it's a benefit to uh, what division they're in. But anyway, so I have them splitting games against New Orleans because New Orleans always plays Tampa Bay well. For some reason, it's just always New Orleans. And I think New Orleans has a good enough defense to keep uh to keep in that game uh, at least uh, manageable for them. So I also have them losing against the Rams. Now it's in Tampa Bay, so that was a hard one, but for me I do feel like the Rams especially Sean McVay, mm-hmm. he will actually make sure that he's going to play and have his best offense and have his best defense in that week. He really wants to show, Hey, Tom Brady is and all that, you know, Hey, I can mm-hmm. shut him down. So he's going to want to prove that. And I think that's going to be a loss for, for the Buccaneers. And then I have them losing against Arizona strictly because it is going to be in Arizona, but they do kind of have a rough stretch. I mean, they're going to face the Niners in week 14 in San Francisco, Um, say what you will about Trey Lance, you know, I don't know, but for me, that defense is at least going to be somewhat grueling. Then they face the Bengals in Tampa Bay. Um, but you know, the Bengals have a pretty good offense. And as you had mentioned, this defense isn't fantastic. And so I think that can kind of, uh, grind you down a little bit and then you go to Arizona on a Sunday night game, I think Kyler Murray has a little bit to prove and I think he'll prove it in that game. So other than that, excuse me. Um, you know, I I see them beating the Chiefs. I don't see I don't like the Chiefs' offense this year. To be perfectly honest, I know yeah. it's Andy Reid. I know it's Patrick Mahomes. Yada yada yada. But they got worse on defense, in my opinion, and mm-hmm. they got worse on offense. I don't think that's a recipe for success, in my opinion. Right. Um. Obviously, I have them winning against the Steelers. I don't think I need to comment on that. Um. I have them beating Baltimore. Um you know, Cleveland, it, it, it's not a lot of great teams in this. And I think another thing that the Buccaneers might run into this year is kind of playing down to their opponent. So I think mm-hmm. there could be a couple of more games, and to your credit, as you have them at 12 and 5, there could be a couple of more games where they lose randomly, where I was like, whoa, why did they lose that game? Mm-hmm. Just because I think they're going to go into it going like, okay, well, we're, we're going to get in the playoffs. We don't really need this win or we can we can try a few things and to be perfectly honest todd bowles is a defensive minded head coach um from what we have been hearing um he's really not going to be touching the offense that's more byron leftwich and tom brady Mm -hmm. and then todd bowles kind of handles the rest right Uh, we'll see how that goes i mean uh, i mean we've heard nothing but good things about byron leftwich but also we've kind of been hearing that a lot of the play calls were kind of going more um, uh, Bruce Arians. Mm-hmm. And so how good is, is Byron left, I think we're going to find out specifically yeah. this year. So uh, there could be some hiccups here and there early in the season. They could easily win, lose that Chiefs game, but um, yeah, I have them 14 and three uh, when you have Tom Brady, I, I don't think that's that far fetched to say that you think they're going <laughs> to, they're going to win a division that, is, I mean, minus New Orleans and what I what I was predicting, mm-hmm. Atlanta and Carolina is not scaring you at all. No. And um, so I, I think this is a very winnable division for the Buccaneers, and I think they're going to win it with
1: flying colors, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, argument could be made that it's the Buccaneers to lose. I mean, they would literally have to have a catastrophic season to not win the division, because I don't yeah. even think New Orleans would capitalize on – having the opportunity. I don't know if they would know what to do with it. Cause again, I would agree with you in the sense of Dennis Allen. I don't think that he's the right guy for the job. I just think that they've all been together for a while. And plus Tom Brady's in the division. He won however many conference titles in new England consecutively over the other teams because he was in that division. And I think this is no different. I don't, there's no, there's no team that scares me in this division that could come close to competing with, Tampa Bay so
0: it's all it's all good stuff man so we'll see I hate my New Orleans prediction uh, but who knows maybe it'll come true and I can be on here and be like I was right I am so good like I was so smart <laughs> at the NBA finals but uh, I, I really highly doubt it to be honest so yeah all right let's do
1: a quick <laughs> recap then so I have at number four Carolina at four and thirteen Three, I have the Atlanta Falcons at 6 and 11, two New Orleans Saints at 9 and 8. And I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 12 and 5. Drew, you had?
0: I have the Carolina Panthers at four at 2 and 15. I have the Atlanta Falcons at three at 3 and 14. I have the New Orleans Saints at two at 5 and 12. And then I have the
1: Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 14 and 3. We're gonna put an asterisk on your uh, Saints prediction because that's probably gonna be one that you use. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm I'm very mad at myself, but like, you know, we had kind of already talked about AFC and NFC North, and there's already a couple of games that I would probably give them back. Right, and then I'm just like, I've already predicted. <laughs> like, it's kind of hard to, kind of hard to change that. And then I was kind of looking at, okay, well, maybe I could give them a win over uh Las Vegas? no Arizona no Ram- no I don't know I was like <laughs> I'm just gonna keep it forget it yeah. so I'll keep it but I know I'm gonna eat crow on that but that's all right all right so uh thank you guys so much for listening um Cody will probably put a little more touch on this but I'm gonna touch on it first um we are going to be starting a uh fantasy football league uh, we're still determining whether we're going to do uh, ESPN or uh, the NFL Fantasy app. And if you say Yahoo Fantasy, I'm going to come over there personally, slap you in the face. <laughs> I hate that. I'm sorry. I hate that app. Anyway, yeah. um, so ESPN or NFL Fantasy, we're we're trying to figure that out. But if you'd like to join, please let us know. Email us, uh, message us on or DM us on uh, any of the social media sites we want to hear from you. Even if it's on, like, TikTok and you want to comment on it, feel free. We want to hear from you. We want to know if you want to join so that way we can get it started. Um, we're trying to get some things together for prizes and whatnot. So uh, we will uh, let you know as soon as we figure all that out. But. Uh, please, if you are interested, let us know. We want you to join us. I have my, uh, well, I don't know if you're going to be able to see it, but I got my fantasy uh, uh, fantasy football uh, champion trophy right behind me as I won last year. So uh, if you want to face a champion, you know, come over to our league. Um, so. <laughs> but um, thank you guys so much for listening. As I mentioned uh, briefly, uh, go join our social media pages, which is Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. It's all Drew Code Sports Talk, except for Twitter, which is Drew underscore Code. So go check us out on all of that. Follow us, like, and comment on anything we post. Uh, we always want to hear from you. Also, subscribe to YouTube channel, uh, which again is uh, Drew Code Sports Talk. And if you're not watching this. You're hearing this on on podcasts, which we're on all the major podcasts, which is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. So uh, go check us out and uh, write a review. Uh, Give us a five-star. Let us know what you like about our our show. And even if it's a one-star, let us know what we're doing that you didn't like, and so that way we can uh, continue to get better. Um but um we appreciate all the love and support and uh, like I said we always want to hear from you so let us know what uh what you like. Um and then go check out our partners over at FNXFitness dot com. They have great workout gear, great workout supplements. I am so far behind on my supplements right now. I need to uh get back into it I unfortunately. But uh, you can use our promo code by getting uh, 15% off your whole purchase by using the promo code Code 15 It'll be in the description uh, in the show notes in the podcast and on YouTube as well. So go check it out. And, uh, you know, go check them out. I and mean, they sell out really quick. So you're going to need to, if you're interested, you need to go do it now uh, just to see what you're going to want to get. And uh, like I said, get 15% off. Why not? I mean... What are you doing? I mean, absolutely. (laughs) Just just go do it. So thank you guys so much. And I'm going to throw it over to Cody. And he is going to finish this
1: off. That's right, guys. So again, thank you so much for joining us. As Drew mentioned, subscribe, download our podcast, our YouTube channel. Again, if you guys want to join us in a fantasy football league, shoot us a DM on any of the social media platforms. Send us an email. We'd love to get you guys in, in the league with us and have a good old time. Uh, more details to come. And again, we just want to give one last shout out to Ethan and Clark from the Backseat Podcast. We appreciate you guys for being so gracious and inviting us on your show. They're coming on our show very soon. We'll have more details coming out on our social media pages so check that out and again you guys we thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you guys next week when we do the afc south probably arguably one of the uh, worst divisions in all of football but (laughs) nevertheless we will still do it for you guys because we have nothing else better to do so anyways you guys we appreciate you guys thank you so much for listening and we'll see you guys next time see ya He's been looking for somebody who could save him Instead of searching
0: inside for what they gave him A strong will, strong mind causes mayhem We
1: could change the world, change times, rearrange them Staying on pace, running the race, life is a day